Hey, and welcome to I Testify, a conversation station. I'm your host for today. It's your girl, Mel Mel. Make sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe. The quote of the day is, you don't just fall in love. You choose to turn toward and pursue growing and staying in love with someone by Brooke Meredith. When a guy says, I couldn't help it, I just fell in love with her, or a woman says, I can't help my feelings, it just happened. Lust is easy and it takes no time at all. Attraction is easy, excitement is easy. They get mistaken for love all the time. And so the question is, what is love? Love is constantly awakened by impulse and then it suddenly dies when it's severely tested. Our misunderstanding of love is the source of difficulty in relationships. Our feelings say one thing, but reason says another. Our feelings tell us to go here and God says, go another direction. Culture sets a model of love, which we consider as normal when it's not. The evidence of relationships today suggests the formula must be incorrect. And so today's topic is love isn't a feeling. I have two special guests with me today. I have Josh Hernandez. He just got married three and a half weeks ago, and he's actively pursuing new opportunities to see where God will lead. Hey guys, welcome to I Testify. I'm so excited today to be able to share my thoughts and uh, opinions and also um, basically structurally where I'm at uh, in my walk with God and with love. And then we have the beautiful Miss Lauren Davis. She loves learning new languages, uh, one being Spanish. Hi, everybody. I hope you're doing well. I am so excited to be here today with Melissa and Josh. I hope that you are blessed by this conversation. Thank you, Josh and Lauren, for joining us today. Once again, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And for our listeners on our various podcast platforms, we thank you and we love you. And so we're going to kick off our conversation by just asking um, our two guests here, Are feelings wrong? Is it wrong to feel? The topic for today is love isn't a feeling. And so we'll start with Josh. Are feelings wrong? And what makes feelings wrong, if so? Uh, That's a great question, Melissa. I don't think feelings are wrong. No, um, I think basically in scripture, it's very clear, you know, that God has given us emotions and different feelings in order to describe love and experience love in the way that God has made it for us. Um, I think one thing that really gets confusing, like you were talking in the opening intro is just how um, all these other things can be coveted or can be uh, disguised as love when they're not really love. So can you give me examples of some things that we mistaken for love? What would they be? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lust is definitely mistaken for love way more than it should be. Lust is, uh, again, a feeling which can be directed in a right way is a good thing when you have pursuit of someone and you're excited to meet them and you're excited to, you know, get to know them. But when it becomes consuming, then it overtakes your ability to really recognize what love is and it blinds you lust can deceive you it can make you think that you want someone because of the way they look or the way they talk or the way they dress not in the way that uh, they actually are who they are in the inside 
I love how you said that. You said lust is consuming. And so, like you said, we can't discredit feeling because yeah. you have to feel, you know, when you see someone, you're not, you don't see hearts. When you walk out there, you see people, you see yeah. the, out the extern, external um, affairs. And so that's what we judge people by. And so, uh, you know, the attraction will lead you to want to, you know, to step your foot in the door. And then after that, like you said, you have to be able to have control over those passions to now allow you to make irrational decisions, right? Of course, feelings are something that is a part of us because God created us to be in his image and to share those types of feelings. So they're totally something that should be involved in your life and you should want to have feelings and not push them down. So, but going into, you know, are there some things that could be used in terms of love that maybe aren't love, lust for sure. I think infatuation could also be one Mm. when you're kind of almost obsessed with the idea of a partner that you really want to be with. You want to be with someone who's going to be a doctor, somebody who Mm -hmm. is going to have, who's going to have a nice car, who wants the same life as me, like all these things that you create in your idea. And you might find someone like that who looks the way you want to look or looks the way that you want them to look. And then you feel like, oh, I'm in love with this person. Like, this is everything I want. But you're just infatuated with the idea and you could get together with them and maybe stay in what's called the honeymoon stage where you feel like you're very like, yeah, <laughs> you're in love. Like, this is who I'm going to make. Like, you've been together for a month, but you're married in your mind. Like, it's it's done. It's a done deal. Um, that's that infatuation stage that I think a lot of people take as love, unfortunately. Mm. Wow. You said it all. You said infatuation. So Josh, how do you know, like, at what point do you realize that uh, this is passion or this is infatuation? This is lust. Um, I would say you would realize that these things are happening when they start becoming consuming. Like you start fantasizing about these people or this person or this ideal of who someone is or who you want them to be. And then it actually starts dictating your emotions when you're not in control of your emotions. And when you start seeing where you're only concerned about passion or you're only concerned about one aspect of what love is, then it can can become very tainted, um, very perverted and very wrong. Has to be all consuming. It's not just one aspect of passion or lust or infatuation or excitement. You know, these are all beautiful things that compose love. But when they start to make you think a certain way or feel a certain way and you have no control, I think that's when it becomes dangerous. Wow. Um, what other things, what other, uh, or what other, what situations, can you give me examples of situations um, or cultural models that the world has set or, you know, societal expectations that we've set um, for what love is that it's not? The world culturally has really taught us self-service or independence or you know self-care and while these are important things again taking care of each other but and taking care of you know independence not being losing your who you are in your relationship and not just becoming a slave to the other person Mm -hmm. it's very important that we see where our deals have fallen from especially in terms of biblical perspectives and then seeing that the world just wants us to self-gratify and not worry about the other person Mm. oh it'll it'll all work out you just do what makes you happy and everything will fall into place when that's really not the case you know yeah go ahead sorry i just want to bounce off that idea that we're very much i think in a culture that 
promotes the idea that you only need yourself and that you can solve all of your problems on your own. And that even when you're in a relationship, you should have your own kind of double life of how you're dealing with your own issues or whatever, whatever it is. And like, that's really, it's really sad because God created man and woman as equal partners to be, to support each other. We're supposed, when you're in a marriage, you're supposed to be able to speak to that your uh, your partner about anything that's going on in your life. And you're supposed to be able to work through those problems or whatever it is together. It shouldn't be something that is so supported that you do it on your own. And in today's society, we're also living, the ideal of love is almost, it only stays in the infatuation state. And then as soon as it's done, you get a divorce. People, mm-hmm. I mean, divorce rates are very high. People aren't even getting married anymore, really. Um, <laughs> people are living together before they get married. They're missing the steps that God has put in place for a purpose to have us have a successful marriage and to have successful love with one another. And so I think what society shows is it's a very selfish society. And although self-care is extremely important, you talk, we talked about singleness in the previous episode, how important that is um, to build a proper relationship. It's also important to remember that those steps are so that when you're in a relationship, you can be vulnerable and become one with that other person you're with. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I love how you said that, you know, the world has created a formula, like you guys have said, a formula that makes you selfish, which is already a violation of who God is. It's not part of his character. And the issue is that we we see the world and us as young people, even in the church, we see God's requirements as restrictive, as taking away from our happiness. But in fact, God's restrictions are for our happiness. That, that's the point. It leads to happiness. And so we look for happiness where happiness cannot be found. Mm-hmm, exactly. That's the source of the difficulty in relationships. If you don't find something that keeps you excited outside of your partner, you will be miserable forever. So the issue is that we think marriage is a destination. When you get there, relationships mm. are a destination. When you get there, you you have it. But when you get there, it's just the beginning of a new journey. Mm. I was just going to say uh, sexuality, right? I mm. think that's one of the biggest things that has perverted what a relationship is and what a relationship means god did create sex like it was something that he created adam and eat like it was a part of something that god wanted men a, a husband and a wife to enjoy with each other but that's the key it was supposed to be between a husband and a wife who were married premarital sex it is it's dangerous because it's such an emotional attachment to a person you're doing something that is so vulnerable and you're doing that with someone who you're, you're dating. You're, you're, even when you're in your twenties now and you've maybe had multiple sexual partners, you're, you're taking away something from yourself that is supposed to be so valuable, whether you're a woman or a man. So I think there's a stigma that it's more that women feel more ashamed if they are having premarital sex and men don't, but that's not true. Um, it's, it's just the same for men as well. It's an intimate experience that God created for men and for, uh, for a husband and for a wife to share together. And so premarital sex is something that is very dangerous. And I think it should be, should be taught that it is because it's, it's a serious emotional psychological thing that's happening in your brain with a person that is supposed to be your lifelong partner. And that's the key there. You touched on it, that premarital sex or sex in general is to, uh, it appeals to the emotional part of our being. 
And so when you're not in the marital relationship, you develop, it It, it makes emotions rule your sense mm-hmm. of reasoning. Our feelings tell us, go this way. God is telling us, go this way. Mm-hmm. But you're so overcome by the pra- all, all these negative practices and evil practices that your emotions will take the throne of your mind. And so that's really the... Um, that's really the negative effect of sex there. Josh, can we touch on how does sex have a negative effect on marriage, premarital sex? Well, um, you know, we can we can get a little personal, get a little honest. You know, that's something that I had to actually overcome and experience. And it's not it's not good. Um, you know, really, if we look to what how society acts and behaves in self-gratification, you know, and then we see the effects of divorce rates and all these things. It's because when you engage in these types of acts or behaviors, then you're actually forcing your mind now to compare to the next person that you're with. And then, you know, when we look at sex in the Old Testament, God made sex to be a, a, a personal, intimate connection between two people. And it was very serious. I mean, if you had sex with someone that in God's eyes is now marriage. So when you're having premarital sex before you are committed to someone or you're just getting to know with them, you're saying to God, basically, you know, this is my partner or in God's eyes, that's the, that's your partner now. And so if you, if people had that sense or that notion of how important sex was, I think they would t- think twice or three times, I hope, before they would ever engage in something you know, premaritally, because there's, there are soul ties that are formed in those bonds. And so when you're not emotionally ready for that, it it can really confuse, you can really mess you up, it can really distort your perception of love. And one thing that I would say, you know, sex is like a bonus. You know, I think people have highlighted to be that the same thing as what a relationship means, or it has to have the same level of importance. But really, sex is just a bonus that God has given us. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, maybe taking down the value or the importance of sex because it's very important in a good and healthy relationship, especially inside of marriage. Of course, um, I think it's the only way you should have sex, basically. But you know, if it's not taken in the right perspective, then people obsess over it, and then it becomes the main focus of the relationship. Oh, the sex has to be this and that, and and then you really don't even get to know the person. It's amazing if done in the right context in following the right rules and order that God has laid out for us. Yeah. But it can be a terrible, destroying thing if it's not done properly. So Wow, that was powerful. I think you guys definitely wrapped up that. And now, do you need to go through the worst to know if it is love? Because I feel like the world has this theory that we have to fight lions, tigers, and bears and come out of the whale's mouth belly together (laughs) (laughs) for us to really know if it's love, you know? Yeah, I love, I mean, I love this question because it's true. I mean, it almost like even when you watch a movie or a TV show and it's like about like a romance, it's like the most dramatic situations ever (laughs) happened two people. It's like, whoa. Um, I don't necessarily think it has to be like, I don't think that the worst thing has to happen for you to know that, yes, I love this person. Mm. But I mean, I do know that I think there has to be a little, some sort of conflict or bump in the road to know if it is something that you, someone who you do really, truly care for, because it's easy to be in love when it's easy. Like Mm. it's easy 
the boat is just on the water going where it needs to go and there's no current, that's easy. But as soon as the storm comes and you need to put your head together with this other person to solve what's going on, that's where you start to realize after the situation is over or even during, am I really matched with this person? Are we, are we, do I love this person? So I think there does need to be some sort of conflict, like whether it's just a simple argument, um, it doesn't have to be life or death. Um, Because I was coming at it like that because I realized that there are a lot of people who are a lot who end up with that mentality that there has to be issues or we have to go through the mud in order for it to know know it's love. They go into the relationship and they start to make problems that Mm -hmm. don't need to be there in order for them to go through a situation and be like, well, we came together, we came out of this together. You know, so relationships aren't so that you can make up issues. You know, the whole point is you're trying to get through the problems. You're trying to not go through them. Are they going to be there? Yes, because we're human beings. We're going to have problems, like Lauren said. And so, you know, I love a quote from Ellen White, and she says that, you know, love that is awakened by impulse when it's severely tested, it fails. Right. Mm -hmm. So when the test comes naturally, uh, love will allow you to be so binded together that it cannot move you. I was doing premarital counseling and the pastor said to us that you will have disagreements and those disagreements are to be independent of your relationship, meaning they don't define your relationship. You just have a disagreement. It doesn't make or break the relationship. You still love this person. It's not what you, it's not, you don't use a situation to uh, gauge or to determine the love you have for one another. And so that is the type of mentality we need where the situation doesn't make make or break us. It's not what defines us. Love is what defines us. Uh, But the situation, love should allow us to get through the situation together. In your marital relationship, how are you able to exemplify or live out that principle of, you know, putting maybe your wife before you? How are you able to do it? What are some practical things and advices you would give to, to, to do that? Um. Yeah, that's a great question, Melissa. Um, definitely, I would say that you have to have practical goals together. So, you know, one thing that my wife and I have really tried to do before we get married is literally air out all of our dirty laundry, everything that we have. <laughs> and then, you know, premarital counseling is something that most couples, mm. secular or religious, don't really know about or even think about. Um, and then once you have that honesty between you, then you can identify the areas of weaknesses in each other's lives, areas that they may be struggling with. Mm. And then you can try their best, your best to meet their needs, right? Prayerfully and carefully doing what you can to ask them questions like, Hey, does, is that okay? Did, did I do something that upset you? Or um, is this, this behavior that I have, is this okay? Like, is this acceptable to you? Or am I, do I need to change? Can I do something better? Um, basically just trying to improve on, you know, the foundation of your relationship in terms of checking in emotionally, spiritually, physically, and then moving forward from that to build a relationship together, I would say is, you know, just some tips here and there to work on, you know, in a relationship to help it grow. Mm, And so Josh says we must be vulnerable. The first thing is we have to be vulnerable, especially in a relationship, vulnerable with one another, being able to open up so that he's like he says to evaluate what are the weaknesses in my life. Uh, Number two, the humility. Now, once that person is opened up to you, the humility to be like, I want to love you how you want to be loved. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? And so you're you're pretty much allowing the person to set their boundaries. You're not just 
waiting for them to tell you, but you're actively seeking. This is the, this is the love where you're seeking to meet those needs without being told. You're not basing anything on assumptions. You're not waiting for them. If they don't tell you, you don't do it, but you're actively seeking, how can I love you the best way so that you feel comfortable? And so that is love. Thank you. And now, you know, the last part of our conversation, we're going to go into, um, I call it love is. And so I'm going to give you an example. So you're going to think of a statement. It's going to begin with love is, and then you're going to complete the sentence. And so we're going to take turns. And so I will begin to just give an example. So mine is love is making a point to show up, to listen with focus and to be present and also to be reliable and responsive and to put time in. I'm going to say love is the ability to put others, other, someone else's needs above my own. Mm. Josh. I would say that love is the willingness to serve even when you don't feel like it. Mm. Mine again, the second one is love um, decides to take leaps and sacrifices. Love is the way that God was able to show that he cares about every person on this earth in a way that none of us really can truly understand until we're maybe in heaven. Mm. Yeah. And I would say maybe finally it's uh, perfect love defines perfect character. If we understand love where it comes from and where its origin is. Wow. That was deep. And I think that was a good way to close off um, our episode on love isn't a feeling um, and so I want to thank you, Lauren, and I want to thank you, Josh, for joining us today. You guys touched on some things that I think we all can connect with. And we most of us have been there, done that. And um, it's good that we can learn from each other, you know, with Josh, you know, you being um, married um, just recently. Um, there are a lot of things that you, you, you know, you brought out that we can definitely learn from as well as yourself, Lauren, the wisdom that you have is remarkable. And so thank you guys for coming out. If there's any last thing that you want to say um, on this topic, go ahead. We'll start with Josh. Uh, I would just say, you know, take time to figure out what love is based on scripture. Don't chase emotions. Um, I think the best phrase or, or saying that has ever been spoken to me is, lead your let your mind lead your heart and not your heart lead your mind yes um i just want to say that remember that love is something that is really important and special and it's not something that has to be rushed um love is something that you want to take time you want to nurture it and you don't have to rush into any relationship you can stay, you can be slow, you can work your feelings through and make sure you put God first because that's how you know that it's going to be a successful relationship. Thank you so much. And so we'll wrap up with 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 and 5 and it says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, Ephesians 4, verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. God is love, and we love because he first loved us. And so when you know God, you will know what love is. And like Josh said, be in the scripture. Make a determined effort this year to be in your word before you even look for someone else. Then we will know how to love, and we will know what it is to receive love. And so this is I Testify 
conversation station. 